Saturday, August the 20th. They are going to the Cedar Tree in Jasper. <clears throat> the bus will be leaving here at, a, at 10 a.m. So uh, there will be a sign-up sheet on the welcoming desk for that. So don't forget that announcement, the Golden Eagles. And uh, then this week, starting Monday, is Youth Week before the young people go back to school. We'll be doing something with the young people every night this week. And uh, we will start out at the house. And uh, weather permitting, uh, the girls will be go- going swimming Monday night. And the boys will be going Tuesday night. Then Wednesday we'll be here at church. Thursday we're going to uh, some place, I can't remember the name of it, but where they have games and activities. And then Friday night we'll be in the gym for youth service and recreation afterwards. And uh, we're looking forward to a great time this week. So all the young people keep that on your uh, to-do list. And... uh, Then uh, Wednesday night, this Wednesday night, Brother Cox will be back here with us and uh, we'll be starting revival uh, Sunday. He'll be here preaching Wednesday, so I guess we'll start Wednesday, but our services will be Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. So starting Sunday, it'll be Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday will be the schedule of services. So don't forget that. Be inviting people to the house of God And uh, let's see God do something great for us in the house of the Lord. Be inviting people, be inviting backsliders, get people to church. And um, let's see God do something great for us. We want to pray especially for those who are suffering from the flood, flooding today uh, over in Louisiana, parts of Texas, I guess, and then in Louisiana and some of Mississippi uh, <clears throat> got news that Brother Spell's church over in Baton Rouge has had water in it. So let's pray especially for them. And I know there's many others that are suffering from that uh, today. And uh, thank God that He has spared us this far. But we don't want to forget those who are hurting today because of disaster. And uh, so let's pray for them. Also, let's pray for Sister Debbie Duplissy. Ask the Lord to give her a miracle in her body, and uh, let's pray for Brother McIntyre and uh, ask the Lord to touch him this week, keep him safe, help everything to go well with him this week. I know a God that is able. I know a God that is a miracle worker. Amen. I'm glad. I'm glad that I know that God today, and I'm glad that I'm able to serve him. Amen. I'm glad that I'm able to walk with him in truth. Amen. I'm thankful for truth today. So let's remember all of those announcements. Let's be praying. Uh, Let's spend some extra time in prayer for revival. And uh, it's a good time to see your lost loved ones filled with the Holy Ghost. And uh, this just might be the time. This might be your opportunity to be a witness to someone who is hungry for God. Amen. Let's turn to Ecclesiastes chapter number 9. Ecclesiastes chapter number 9. I'll be reading uh, three passages of Scripture there through 10 through 13. Or, or excuse me, 10 through 12. And uh, <clears throat> so uh, let's, let's look at the Word of God here. Ecclesiastes chapter 
number 9. Verse number 10. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might. For there is no work nor device nor knowledge nor wisdom in the grave. Whither thou goest, return, I return and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happeneth to them all. For man also knoweth not his time, as the fishes that are taken in an evil net, as the birds that are caught in the snare, so are the sons of men snared in an evil time when it falleth suddenly upon them. The Word of God starting it tells us, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might. Then it tells us all of these things about wisdom and knowledge, and then it says they're not in the grave. So when you get to the grave, it's too late to work. Then it tells us about the things that the writer has seen. And he says, but time and chance happeneth to them all. Then he goes to verse number 12. And he says this, for man also knoweth not his time knoweth not his time. Lord bless you for standing. Put your Bibles down. Let's lift up our hands. Let's lift up our voice and ask God for his help today. God, we need you in this place right now, Jesus. Our faith, our confidence, our trust, our hope is in you. We thank you, God, for what we have already heard, what we have felt in your house. We ask you, God, to anoint your word, anoint your messenger, anoint our ears, our hearts, and our spirits to the understanding and knowledge of your word. Bless us today, God, as we bless your name. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Lord bless you. You may be seated. I want to talk to you for a few moments this morning about time and chance. Time and chance. Now, when we look at this Scripture today, I have preached from this Scripture many times, and uh, I've never preached from this Scripture from the angle that I will be talking to you about today. But... When we look at the Scripture, we're always thinking, I think our mind always goes back till there is a time to die. There's a time to live and there's a time to die. And uh, it is discussing the fact that how short life really is. And uh, that there is coming a time where you won't be able uh, to do these things, so we need to make preparation for 
uh, life after death, which I think that is very important. I think that is necessary. But in thinking on this scripture this week, it just kind of come to my mind and I've been thinking about it uh, for the week. And and uh, it kind of something else kind of grabbed me out of this. And I want to do my best to share with you what I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart. That there is a time and there is a chance that God gives each and every one of us. And I'm not talking about necessarily salvation. But I'm talking about on things that God has called us to do. It starts out in the text that I have read, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all your might. So it starts out by putting a setting into place, bringing some order to what the man of God would tell us. That first of all, it sets in order a work ethic. That that we are to do something with what God has blessed us with. And then it tells us, for there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave. So it lets us know that there is a time, there is a place, there is an opportunity to achieve things and to uh, be a profitable servant. Then it tells us in verse number 11... He said, I return and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill. But then he says, time and chance happeneth to them all. So there is an opportunity that is given. There is an opportunity that is presented. And then it says this. Now, now I know, uh, I, I'm making a play on the scripture here that, that, and, but, but listen to what the word of God said. For man also knoweth not his time. Now I know there's a very strong argument as he is talking about the fishes. No, not. When they are taken in an evil net, the birds that are caught by the snare, so are the sons of men snared in an evil time. And fall is suddenly upon them. We talk about uh, the sting of death. And we don't know the time, nor the day, nor the hour. We know that there is an appointment that is set. But we don't know that time. It cometh on us when we are lots of times not expecting it at all. But I am talking this morning from the point of there is a time. There is a chance. There is an opportunity that is given. That I feel that as the man of God has written to us, for man knoweth not his time. There is so many times that people miss that opportunity. They miss that chance. They miss that window that is open for a moment time, and then it closes. As I 
I think about this, my, my mind went back to an article that I read in the paper. It's probably been, I don't know, three or four months ago, but I was reading an article about a, a young man that was taken in the NFL draft, uh, a number one draft pick a few years ago. Jamarcus Russell, uh, his name might ring a bell to some of you, was born August the 9th, 1985. He is a former All-American uh, college football player. He pay, played college at LSU. He finished with a record as a starting quarterback of 21-4. and As a starter, he was named MVP of the 2007 Sugar Bowl. The Oakland Raiders uh, selected uh, Jamarcus Russell with the first overall draft pick in 2007 drought. Uh, Russell chose to hold out uh, due to contract conflicts and held out. He finally got a, a signing of a $61 million deal. And then... It was guaranteed of $32 million. And Russell played for three seasons with the Oakland Raiders and uh, compiling a 7-18 and record as a starter. Due to his inconsistent play, the Raiders released him on May the 6th, 2010. He had a window of opportunity that was given him and a, a chance to perform at the highest of his ability. And it seemed that things just was not working out for him. Now, when you go back and you look at the reasons why things was not working out for him, Jamarcus Russell was uh, six foot and five inches tall. When he graduated from college, he weighed 200, I think it was, 65 pounds. When he went to the NFL, he relaxed in his training. He relaxed in his uh, attentiveness to meetings. He relaxed in the things that he should have been paying attention to. He relaxed in his eating habits and his workout habits, and he gained to be an over 300 pounds. So when he put on the extra pounds, it, it strongly diminished his ability to perform on the football field. So his coach had this to say about him. His coach, Les Miles at LSU, said, uh, sometimes certain expectations aren't met. Certainly there's an opportunity for young athletes to continue to get better. Les Miles said of Russell, uh, who he coached at LSU, told the New Orleans Times-Picayune Friday's edition, It's only my hope that opportunity for Jamarcus to land with a team that will invest in him and give him the opportunity to, to continue to develop. It is only my hope that opportunity will knock upon his door again. Today, what caught my attention was about three months ago when I read this article, it was very uh, saddening. It was 
it was it it touched me to know uh, what this man has gone to at this point that he was begging for an opportunity for the Dallas Cowboys to sign him on the practice squad. He said, I will play for free if they will just give me another opportunity to prove that I can be an NFL quarterback. The opportunity had came and it had went because he, he thought it not serious enough to invest the time, the strength, the energy. Sure, he got a big payday. 61 million in incentives and contracts, but 32 million that they gave him for absolutely nothing at, that he did on the field. He's probably got, if he was wise enough to do this, which maybe he was not trying to play for free, but, but maybe he saved enough of that money to last him the rest of his lifetime. It should have been, but Time and chance came, and it went, and he did not recognize the opportunity that was placed before him. We, as the people of God, must stand up and fulfill the calling that God has called us to do. I'm reminded of another story of a different NFL player after 9-11, the tragedy that struck America, the Twin Towers falling, the planes crashing, the plane crashing into the Pentagon, the plane crashing, I believe it was in Pennsylvania farmland. All of these tragedies that struck at a moment's time. This man that played for the Arizona football team said, Why don't somebody do something? Why don't somebody do something about this tragic circumstances that has happened to this country? And then his words were, When I made that statement, I sat back and I looked at myself in the mirror And I said, why not me? Why don't I do something about the situation at hand? Why don't I do something about what has been done? He left his NFL career and he went and joined the military. We know the tragic news about how that he lost his life on the battlefield. Never got to come home to be the hero. That he was, but he made up in his mind, maybe this is my chance. Maybe this is my opportunity. I know that there is a saying, I, I tried to find out who the quote came from, but there is no really knowing who it actually came from or who said it first. President Kennedy used this quote. President Reagan used this quote when he went before Congress to pass a spending cut bill. And he said, if not now, when? If not us, then who? It's time for us to stand up 
and make a difference. It's time for us to stand up and do us something about the tragic circumstances that is at hand. We are a generation and we are a country that seems to push the envelope a little bit further than trying to fix the problem at hand. We always want to do something about it, but we want somebody else to do something about it. We always say somebody ought to pick up the garbage on the lawn, but we always prefer our brother. We think that somebody ought to do something about uh, the problems that are at hand. Drug abuse, drug addiction, alcoholism, children that are without parents, children that have no direction in life. Somebody ought to do something about it. But we always push the envelope just a little bit further down the road. Why is it that we can't as a people, as a nation, as a church, as children of God, stand up and realize that time and chance happeneth to us all. There is an opportunity to us for us to perform. There is an opportunity for us to accomplish. There is an opportunity for us to do great things. But if we sit around and waste our opportunity, as I look at you today, I see people there with folded arms, people there relaxed, some people dozing off. Some people unconcerned, some people a million miles away from church today. We're here, but where is our mind? It's like the Scripture said, time and chance happeneth to us all. But man knoweth not his time. It's kind of like the old saying is, my ship come in. And I was at the airport. My airplane come in. And I was at the train station. We miss our opportunities. I told Wednesday night about a little thing that happened to me in an investment. I missed a window of opportunity. An opportunity to make a few dollars. And missed that opportunity. Because I could not realize now is the time. How many in here today is, is, uh, in your teens? Would you raise your hand? All the teenagers raise your hands. All the teenagers raise your hands. Now, now how many, how many's in their thirties? All the thirty year olds somewhere in your thirties, thirty and, and below, uh, raise your hands. Under thirty, thirty and under, raise your hands. Some of you's got a problem. <clears throat> time and chance has already happened. All right. Now, now when you get, when you get 30, when you hit 30, I thought that when I was growing up, I would never turn 13 years old. Then I paced the floor waiting on the day that I would turn 16 years old. And then man, just two years down the road, I would be an 18-year-old. I could do what I wanted to do. That's false advertisement. When you lived in the household that I lived in, 
I couldn't even do what I wanted to do after I got married. We was hunting one time and I wanted to go to Walmart. We was in, in Iowa and I wanted to go to Walmart, which was across the street. I was married and had kids. My daddy said, what do you want to go to Walmart for? I said, I just don't want to sit in the motel room. I got to do something. He said, well, you ain't got no business at Walmart. Just go to bed. I said, Daddy, I'm a grown man with kids. Can I not go to Walmart if I... He said, well, I guess you can. So I'm thankful that he allowed me to do that. But, but then, then after you get 21, speed starts to... To start, life starts to speed up and things start moving on. And, and then when you get 30, I tell you what, when you get 30, it's like, man, the steam engine's catching steam and it's going downhill. And then when I turned 40, I woke up the next morning with aches and pains that I didn't even know I had. My eyes got bad overnight. Things started changing immediately. And then since I've turned 40, it hadn't got any better. Things speed up. And I look at my life. And I look back behind me. And really, in all reality, I've got more behind me now than I've got in front of me. The odds of me making 90 is very slim with my family history. They all die young. Don't say thank God. But when I think about life, the Bible says life is but a vapor. Some days seem that they will never end. And then you look at a week has passed and it seems like, man, it seems like Tuesday and it's already Saturday. It seems like I just woke up and the day's already passed. The Bible said time and chance happeneth. To them all. What I'm trying to tell you today is God gives us an opportunity to accomplish. God gives us an opportunity to be beneficial to the kingdom of God. God gives us an opportunity to work in His vineyard. And I come to warn you today and instruct you today, don't allow the window of opportunity to close and you never fulfill your purpose in working with God. It's kind of like a savings account. We always want to save for the retirement that is coming. I've got to save. I've got to put up. But it'll always be easier to put up next month. And it will always be easier to save more next year. It will always be easier to put more up in a month's time from now. And then that time comes and the window keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. What is life about, church? What is life about? What really matters in life? What is important in life? What is the most valuable possession that you hold in life? If you had to get rid of everything but one thing, what would you hold on to in life?
Tomorrow I will. Tomorrow I will work. Tomorrow I will do such and such. The Bible said that a slowful man says there's a lion in the yard. There's a lion in the street. But he does nothing about it. Because it's really not attacking me. The slowful man says there's riots in Wisconsin today. But that's a long ways from here. There's unrest in this country. And there's neither one that's going to get elected to president going to make things any better. It's time for the church to realize this is a bad time. This is a troubled time. This is a wicked society. But there's never a better time to get on fire for God. There's never a better opportunity to do something for God. There's never a better chance to make a difference in society than what we have right now. Somebody ought to evangelize the world. Somebody ought to be a missionary. Somebody ought to be a preacher. Somebody ought to be a singer. Somebody ought to knock on doors. Somebody ought to bring someone to the house of God. But what about me? I'm not against all of our activities. I'm against some of them. But all of our activities, I'm not against. But we must do things in moderation. Why can we spend $1,000 on a deer rifle? $1,000 for a deer lease. for a deer blind. $300 for a deer feeder. What's corn now? Five, six dollars a bag. Fill it up every month religiously. Spend money traveling to and from to get there. And then we can't even send $1,000 a year to missions. Well, hallelujah. I went fishing Friday evening for the first time in quite a while. I hadn't been fishing in so long. My boat, my brakes on my boat was locked up. And uh, I need to go fishing more. But before I even got to the boat ramp, I had already spent 80 bucks. If not now, then when? If not us, then who? We can't sacrifice for the kingdom of God. But we got our priorities right. 
Mm. Help me, Holy Ghost. It's get the longer I thought I had an exciting message this morning. Boy, this thing's done turned south in a hurry. But but we can't we can't get things in order. It's no problem to have a deer lease. No problem to deer hunt. I do it. You do it. Well, most of us do it. But but where is our priorities? How long has it been? Brother Glover, how many cards have you passed out? How many boxes? Half of the fourth box. Half of the fourth box. I think there is 5,000 cards in a box. How old are you, Brother Glover? 82. Don't forget that half. 82. Every day is an important day at 82. 82 and a half years old. Passed out that many cards. You say, oh, it ain't doing any good. No, but he has found a window. Time and chance happeneth to them all. I know some of them that works on bus ministry is not here. They're with kids right now. All of you that's been driving a bus or been on, on outreach that is in here, won't you stand up right now? Amen. Stand up. Stand up. Come on. Some more of you has been on outreach. Amen. What they have seen was a window. I know some of it, it might get under your skin, and I'm sorry about it getting under your skin. God still loves kids. He loves big people. It don't matter what color they are. It don't matter what walk of life they come from. It don't matter who their mama or who their daddy is. Amen. But what they have seen is there is a chance that is given to us to work for God, to do a work in the kingdom of God. You can be seated. Would all the Sunday school teachers and directors, would you stand up right now? Amen. All the Sunday school teachers, stand up. Amen. All those who work in Sunday school. Amen. You see what they have seen is an opportunity. They have took a chance at a very little window to put their time and their energy and their effort into teaching kids about Jesus Christ. You say, oh, they're not making a difference. I beg to differ with you today. They are making a difference. Amen. And it's time for us to realize that time and chance happeneth to us all. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Amen. Many different avenues, many different outreach programs that we have done and been part of, and many of you have worked in them. Time will not permit to get tangled up in all of that. But what I am trying to make a point to you today is that you have an opportunity to work for God. You have an opportunity and a chance to make a difference in a life. And you sit around and say, there's nothing for me to do. I can't do anything. I don't have any talent. I don't have any ability. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. God has called you to do a work. God has placed you in the church for a purpose. God has given you the ability to reach someone else with the gospel. Time and chance. Chance. 
I'm running out of time this morning. But missed opportunities. Missed opportunities. What do you think Samson could have accomplished that he never accomplished? Samson was born for a purpose to deliver the children of God out from under the rule and the affliction of the Philistines. But he never fulfilled his purpose. He missed the window of opportunity. He was always, when you look at Samson, every, just about every time, or every time, that he used his God-given strength and abilities. It was for his own benefit. He got trapped in the city. He used his strength to carry away the gates of the city. He got angry at those who gave his wife away and burnt their houses. And he took foxtails and tied them together. He got aggravated at those who turned him over to the Philistines. And he killed a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. When his last request was, God avenge me! Me, me, me! Of mine adversary, the Philistines. He never fulfilled the purpose. He missed his window of opportunity. Samson time after time, chance after chance, but still you was off doing something out in left field somewhere. Young men, listen to me. And I've told you this before. I've told some of you personally. Nothing wrong with ball. We get over there in the gym and we play it. But you ought to give yourself to something to do for the kingdom of God. I played basketball Thursday night, I think it was. I'm still hurting walking up and down the steps of the house. You get old and those abilities fade. They're gone away. But what you do for God... See, the devil wants you at a young age, young ladies. The devil wants you at a young age. The devil wants to turn you into what he wants you to be. But I come to tell you today, God wants you. God is calling you. God has given you an opportunity. God has given you a chance to fulfill the purpose of your life. And you say, wait till I get 16. And when you wait till you get 16, it's wait till I get 18. And when you wait till you get 18, it's wait till I get 21. And then it's, well, wait till I get married. And then I'm going to settle down and I'm really going to buckle down. I tell you, my daddy went to preaching when he was 16 years old. Traveled the country preaching the gospel. Went to Stuttgart, Arkansas and started a church right before his 18th birthday. Built a church there and stayed there for 42 years until God called him home. Amen. He didn't have but 62 years to live. 
live just a small opportunity, just a small short window. You've got to make best of what God gives you to work with. No man knows his time. I started preaching right before my 18th birthday. And when I look back on life, there's a lot of things I had. Brother Dixon and myself was talking about this yesterday. There's a lot of things that I set goals for myself that I have still not accomplished. And the longer I go, the further out of reach they look to me. But still, I'm glad I didn't wait till I was 21. I'm glad I didn't wait till I was 25. I'm glad I didn't wait till I was 30. I'm glad I didn't wait till I was 35. I come to try to tell someone this morning, God has got a call on your life to do an amazing work for Him. But you've got to wake up and realize there's a window of opportunity that God has given Samson, what was you called to do? But what did you do, Samson? I got plenty of time. I got plenty of time. Samson never anticipated giving up his secret. Samson never anticipated Delilah cutting his hair. Samson never anticipated losing his sight. Samson never anticipated dying like that. There's some of you that's sitting on these pews this morning that is 50 and above and you look back at your life and you can tell there's been times that you missed the opportunity that God has laid before you. And now you, you get depressed over that, but you can't, you can't wallow in yesterday's failures and yesterday's defeats. But Samson realized it's not about me and it's not about what I can do, but it's about the kingdom of God. The importance of seeing souls saved. The importance of being a witness to my family. The importance of seeing my children raised in the house of God. Time and chance. Time. And chance. Missed opportunities. Jether. That name may not ring a bell to you. But that was Gideon's eldest son. Jether. You had an opportunity. Gideon captured Zeba and Zelmuna. And he took them before his son And he said, fall upon them and slay them. The Bible said in Judges 8 and 20, But the youth drew not his sword, for the fear, for he feared because he was but a youth. Jether, the man of God, says, slay them. But he never drew his sword. I'm too young. I'm too old. I'm too middle class. I'm too rich. I'm too poor. 
I'm the wrong color. I have the wrong parents. I don't have what you have. I'm not as good as them. Well, I'm better than them. I'm no better than them. Well, I'm just as good as them. There is always an excuse. Tomorrow I will. Tomorrow I do it. Next week I'm going to make a change. But I'm telling you today, God has called us for such a time as this to do a work and commit our will and our way to God. We've got so complacent. Good place to go to church. Good church. I love this church. I love the people in this church. I'm glad I'm part of this church. But we have got so complacent. Is this all that God has for us? Shame on us if we believe that. You're not seeing what God wants to do. You don't have a vision for lost souls. You can't get a desire for lost souls. God wants to stir something in every one of our hearts and our spirits today to help us to understand. It's time. Now is the time. We can't wait until tomorrow. We can't wait until next year. Now is a time for revival. Now is a time to draw closer. Now is a time to get serious. Now is the time to work for the kingdom of God. Tomorrow I'll do right. Demas was mentored by the great Apostle Paul. He had the greatest leading him. Some of you might think you can't succeed because of your pastor. It's the preacher's fault. It's the former preacher's fault. No, it's their fault. No, in reality, it's your fault. He could not succeed even with the Apostle Paul leading him and guiding him, teaching him. And Paul had this to say about Demas. Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. He walked away from what could have been. The rich young ruler walked away from what could have been. You never heard from him again. You never hear from Demas again. He walked away from it all. He missed the time and the chance that God had given him to succeed. Slay them, Jether. There's some of you young people that's got giants in your life. I'm telling you today, get up, slay the giants, and work for God. Young lady, slay the giants and work for God. It's time to realize you can't do anything about yesterday, but you can do something about tomorrow. 
Your life is before you. When you look back on your life, look back with no regrets and say, I worked for God. I gave myself to the work of God. Never one time have I regretted the day that I committed myself to the Lord. Never one time. There's been some tough days. But never one time that I wished, I wished I never would have started preaching. I wished I never would have worked for God. Because I realized I only got a short time. I've been preaching for... Oh, right at 27 years. I don't even think I should be 27 years old. But time flies. It's just a vapor. The people that made the best out of the chance, the opportunity that they had, David showed up to a battlefield one day. And there was a giant that was screaming, send me a man. And David remembered that I have been anointed for this. David remembered the blessings of God that God had placed upon his life. And he said, if you're looking for a man, I'll be that man. And he went and talked to the king and they made fun of him. They tried to talk him out of it. But he said, I'll go fight him because I know this, that I had a bear that come out and God put the bear in my hands. There was a lion that attacked my flock and God gave me victory over the lion. And this uncircumcised Philistine is going to come down too. Because I realize it's not about me. It's not about what I want to do. It's not about what I accomplish. It's not about my name being in lights. But it's about my God and my Savior. The God of Israel. And he sees the moment. He went and the stone found the head of Goliath and he fell down. But he did not stop there. See, a lot of you has hit the giant in the forehead and he stumbles to the ground. But you have never got the strength, Jether, to pull out your sword and to finish off what the devil has done to you. But David said, I don't have a sword But I tell you what I'll do, I'll get your sword and I'm going to take off your head from your body because you're never coming after me again. Some of you has got to kill the giant in your life that keeps stomping you down and kicking your teeth out and knocking you up against the wall. God has given you a victory over it, but you must finish off what God has gave you the ability to do. Take the sword, Jether. Go ahead and kill the adversary. There'll be another giant in your life, but Goliath won't ever come back. Some of you middle-aged and elderly, has fought the same old giant all your entire life. 
Same old thing. Same old thing. Same old thing. Over and over and over and over and over. Because you will get some victory, but you won't take out the sword and cut the giant's head off. It's quiet, but you know it's right anyway. Time and chance happeneth to them all. Esther was another one that seized the moment. She was called into the kingdom. And her Mardukei said, For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall there be an enlargement and a deliverance. Arise to the Jews from another place. And I've come to tell you seasoned saints, and you third and fourth and fifth generation Pentecostals, if you refuse to accept the call of God and put the work of God on your shoulder and say, this is my time, this is my opportunity, God's got a drug addict that will come take your place. God's got an alcoholic that'll stagger in the back doors and come and sit down in your spot and say, I want to work for God. We have become fat cat Christians to where we think God is just blessed to have me here in His house. And we've forgotten where we would be without God. Time after time, God has called us to step up to the plate. And to do a work for Him. And to move beyond our complacency. And to work for God. Oh well. This too shall pass. This revival will pass also. How many more are we going to have? They come to the music today. How many more opportunities will come our way? How much longer do we have to work for God? How much longer do we have to do a work for God? How much longer are you going to freeze at this age that you're at right now? How much longer will your kids... I try to tell you, spend time with your children. Daddies, be a daddy. Spend time with your kids. Teach them to pray. And you say, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Teach them how to worship. Tomorrow. Teach them how to be faithful to God. I will tomorrow. There's going to come a day where they're not going to always think that you're the greatest thing that ever come along. But we don't need the sports figures being the role model for our kids. We don't need Hollywood being the role model for our children. But we need real mamas and real daddies to step up and realize this is my opportunity.
It amazes me when I drive by the practice fields, the ball fields, and I see all those little kids out there and all those mamas and daddies out there screaming and hollering, shouting and jumping and screaming for their little Willie. Mine's the best. Mine's the greatest. And they support them. They buy them the best tennis shoes, the best clothes. I guess that's all okay if that's all they know. You let one of them do something for God. And most of those mamas and parents wouldn't even show up to congratulate them. Time and chance. Esther, this is your opportunity. Esther, this is your chance. If you don't want to do it, somebody else will. But I want to tell you, you've been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. If you don't want to live for God, somebody else will. If you don't want to preach the gospel, somebody else will. If you don't want to be a witness, somebody else will. If you don't want to teach Sunday school, somebody else will. If you don't want to sing or play or worship, somebody else will. But I just want to tell somebody today, you've been brought to this place in life for such time as this. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody lift your voice to heaven right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God, help us today, Holy Ghost. Now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. I live for God tomorrow. What if tomorrow never comes? I'll do it next week or next month. What if next week or next month never gets here? 
Today is your opportunity. Today is the chance that God has given all of us to do a work for Him. Hallelujah. Today's a time for revival, church. Today is a time to see your lost loved ones saved. Today is a time to get serious about our lost children. Young people, today is a time to get serious about doing a work for God. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody lift your voice unto the Lord right now. Lift your voice unto the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.